0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert?
1: Amy, doing great. I've got to say this right now. If you think you know how your franchise is performing, you're wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, 100%. Not, <laughs> it's
1: not that way just yet. Uh, you know, as Ali, as we talked a little bit earlier in the week about You know, some teams that I still want to keep the jury out and have a discussion about them. Uh, The more I look at it and the more I look at how the point spreads have swung pretty violently on some of these matchups. Allie, uh, yeah, let's let's break right into these.
0: Yeah. And which better one to start with than the Niners and the Broncos? When I was looking at which matchups to highlight for this week, this one really popped out at me. Sunday night football, we got the return of Jimmy G. He's had a week of practice with the, full, with the first team. He got reps with them. We have the Broncos, who many consider are struggling. They lost to the Seahawks. They nearly lost to the Texans, two of the worst teams in the league. It appears Russell Wilson still isn't quite yet settled into his new team. Nathaniel Hackett, as a, as a first-year head coach, just makes some mind-boggling decisions that, for me, sometimes I even wonder how he got the job. But, Robert, Denver. let's take a look at this uh, matchup. So what are we looking at odds-wise?
1: Right. Yeah, so we opened up the Denver Broncos late Sunday night as a two-point favorite. Uh, that didn't take too long until uh, we uh, saw the sun rise on Monday morning. A game went to pick, and here we are. It's a favorite flip. Uh, the Niners are now minus one-and-a-half point the favorite, and your total set to 45.
0: So this is a case where when I saw the odds yesterday – because I wait usually to my pick'em and pools and see what our odds close on. And so I saw the Niners were were favored by one and a half, I believe, in my pick'em pool. All my gut wanted, not my gut, all my heart wanted me to take the Niners because I am a big Jimmy G fan. I do think the Niners did him dirty. I would love Jimmy G to go out there Sunday night, national television, and just prove to the world while he's the starting quarterback. But then, I don't know, Robert, this spread just, there was something in my stomach that was like, I got to back the Broncos. I just feel like so many people, so many in the public are fading the Broncos. They saw them lose to Seattle. They saw them nearly lose to the Texans. But I feel like this is the week that's going to come together for them. I feel like finally Russell Wilson may settle in. And I know the Niners, they have a stingent defense. It's going to be a tough tough outing, but it is a mile high. I like the Broncos on this one. How about you?
1: That's a fair point. I mean, I I think that we're we're definitely looking at a, a Niners defense they probably could be top 5 in the NFL if Jimmy Ward returns from a hamstring injury even better yeah sure they did play Seattle you know and it's really you know not much to speak of there and then they end up playing Chicago of course it was pouring rain in week 1 so i i think it's you know take a look and see you know how this gets to be an improved offense that they're going to have to play in Denver I think that – I mean, look, Denver's also had a real problem with penalties for some reason, and I'm not right. quite sure how and, and why they're doing this. I mean, it's is it noisy? Is it – you know, because the delay of game penalties, you know, two of them were on field goal attempts. You know, one of them was on the opponent's six – six false start penalties. So that's really weird. It's just me telling me, is this offense just not ready? Right. After two weeks? Uh, Yeah, I got to think my lean right now is just based on, you know, where they are and and how prepped they are. I would lean towards the San Francisco 49ers, alley.
0: Yeah, this is one of the toughest ones I have, and I'm still going back and forth with it, but there's something about it. It's kind of one of the reasons why last week at the last minute I changed my pick from – the Cleveland Browns to the New York jets. There was just something nugging me at that game that just felt too good to be true. I was just like, everyone's on the Browns. Cause they beat the Panthers. The jets got blown out by the Ravens. Just there's something not right about this line. And I'm glad I changed my pick at the last second. This is another line where I just feel like everyone's riding high on the Niners. They did just beat the Seahawks who also beat the Broncos and they didn't just beat them. They pretty much destroyed them besides a block field goal. But again, is Seattle's offense, is it Denver's potential on offense? And you still got Russell Wilson. You still have Cortland Sutton. And I believe Jerry Judy, if he's he's playing, I know he's questionable right now. You still have a potent run game with Javonze Williams and Melvin Gordon, who didn't perform well last week. So for me, it just feels like if this is going to be a coming out party for one of the two teams, We've already seen what Jimmy G can do with the Niners the past few years. I believe this is Denver's coming out party. It is very hard to play a mile high. I won't, I won't ever sugarcoat that there's something about Denver and the altitude that if you're not used to it, you're, you're not going to be ready for it. And I know that the Niners have had to play in some bad weather They had to play in a monsoon in Chicago. It was pretty windy in the Bay area last week, but altitude's a little different. And for me, I've seen Denver in the past two games, and they do shut down the run game. I mean, between Seattle and Houston, not that they have an explosive run game, but they shut them down. Rashard Penny didn't do anything. Then last weekend, the rookie Damian Pierce didn't do anything. So I believe, and that's where the Niners really excel, is their run game. If they shut down Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel, and they force Jimmy G to throw it, he's going to eventually make some errors. And that's when I believe Denver could come out on top and capitalize. If they win the turnover battle, Denver's winning this game.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. The turnover battle is going to be very significant where we're seeing far better defenses than offenses in many cases. And that's actually happening right here. Uh, I'm going to say with, you know, Garoppolo, look, he, he bend, uh bend don't break kind of an offense. He just kind of controlled what he needed to against Seattle to, not, not much that you need to beat the Seahawks, no matter what. Uh, and so, <laughs> with the line being what it was, I sure loved San Francisco as a dog. Oh, I yeah. Liked them as a one-point favorite. At one and a half, I still would probably lay it. So, I'd take the Niners here.
0: All right. Well, we have our first disagreement again. This is a really tough one, but if there's one bet that's I've kind of, or if there's one kind of strategy I've kind of added in my last few bets, and I still make the mistake from it as time to time, is I don't buy into the as I call it the Hollywood hype. Whatever the headline is, you saw week one, everyone was on Baker Mayfield because he's going to stick it to the to the Browns. Didn't happen. You saw last week almost. It, you you see these headlines where it's almost too good to be true, and then. The Hollywood ending does it, it. It ends before the credits. So everyone's going to be heralding Jimmy G's back. Sam Fran's back. The the Broncos are nothing. You know, Denver's not a Hollywood spotlight. They don't have that Jimmy G <laughs> A-list actor smile. I just I feel like this is Denver's game. And, you know, the more I talk about it, the more confident I feel. So it will be a fun game to watch. I think this is my fav- the game I'm most excited about this weekend, even over the the Packers and the Bucks, which we'll get to later, but our first disagreement of the day, Robert.
1: It's a good sign. I, I like that. I, I like uh, you know a, a little bit of abrasiveness. Uh, you know, from our selections, uh, gives uh, our listener a little bit more of a diverse pool to jump into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. So let's go to another one that I I wanted to highlight before we got into Packers Bucks, and that's the Rams and the Cardinals because these are two division rivals. The Rams have just owned Kyler Murray since Kyler Murray came to the league. I believe the Rams are one in six against him since Kyler came to the league in the regular season, and they totally destroyed him in the wild card game last season. So what are we looking at, Robert? You know, we have the Cardinals coming off of a miraculous comeback against the Raiders that has still everyone in Las Vegas just standing at the stadium with their mouths open, not believing how they managed to come back. And then we have the Rams, who actually almost rewrote 28-3 to history for the Falcons and nearly blew that lead. So what are we looking at for the odds in this game?
1: This one is just uh, everyone is selling the Rams here. The line is free-falling. From our opener late Sunday night, we had the Rams as a five-point favorite. Um, moved very quickly to four, so instant, instant purchasing on Arizona. And then uh, here we are today with the Rams as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 49.
0: So this is a game where I love the Rams in this and I'm glad the value we get and the value for me, I feel like based on how the public's reacting is a knee jerk to reaction to the Rams almost blowing again against the Falcons and the Cardinals having an improbable comeback against the Raiders. To me, the Rams, like I said, they own Arizona. Arizona is really not good of a team. And I'm not going to give, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due that they did come back against the Raiders. But this team is still a shit show. Kyler Murray is still all over the place. DeAndre Hopkins is not back. You don't know what they're going to get out of their offense. I don't think they have any really reliable receivers. Same thing with Marquise Brown. He's a good receiver. He's not your number one guy. Zach Ertz, he has his flashes of the fat one of youth. Then he goes back to being an old tight end. So for me, I love the Rams in this situation. I know they struggled against the Bills in Week One. I think we, I think through three quarters against the Falcons, uh, Falcons last week, we saw who the Rams really are. That we're going to get this season, this this shutdown defense, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup were just electrifying. I think that what we saw was an anomaly against the Falcons. They just kind of let the game get away from them. So I'm all over the Rams on this one. How about you, Robert? It's yeah,
1: we'll we'll agree here.
0: There we go. Uh, I, I don't
1: know, you know. I guess it doesn't really matter if it's Acres or Henderson there. That's one thing. If you drafted a, uh, a running back on the Rams, uh, rest in peace, because you're not you're not going to get any kind of consistent effort with carries on that point. But that being said, I don't think that Arizona's they they're they have such a bad pass defense, and it's real. Their secondary is just really getting lit up by you know, subpar quarterbacks, Ali, and, and I think that the Rams are going to be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely win this game. Uh, the three and a half doesn't really push me off of the spread either. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I figured they probably would come with Arizona money, home team, late afternoon game. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, reaction of course to the Falcons being able to come back. So they're thinking that Arizona could keep it close. I I think the Rams, if the Rams win here, they cover. So we'll agree here with the Rams selection.
0: All right. Yeah. I don't think there's too much to expound on. I think the Rams are going to get back to form. I don't think they're as good as they were last season by far. They, they did lose a lot of guys on defense. They lost Andrew Whitworth in the line that hasn't recovered. Matt Stafford's still throwing a lot of interceptions, but again, I think people are overvaluing Arizona based on a comeback that they had no business winning that game in the first place. And luckily for me, I mean, I'm not complaining because I had Arizona plus five and a half last week, but Rams, they're one of my favorite picks this week. So I'm going to stick with them. And now let's move on to what many believe is the marquee game of the week. And that's the Packers and the Bucks. Obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Tom Brady. I feel like though I've seen the show so many times that I'm not as excited for. Maybe if you're a Packers fan or a Bucks fan, it's a little different. But Robert, what are we looking at here for their odds?
1: This one late Sunday, uh, really late, actually. I wanted to hang on for a little bit until even Monday, but eventually we opened up Tampa as a three-point favorite, and it's been falling ever since, down to two and a half. Then the two, one and a half, two, and here we are now. The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, a one-point favorite, the total 42.
0: And this is a case where I know that the public is kind of falling into the Packers. We just saw them blow out the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. I'm back in the Packers on this one, too. I just I don't know what to expect with the Bucks. You have so many injuries on that offense. Mike Evans is suspended now. They're like, Robert, who's Tom Brady throwing to? Because Chris Godwin, he's probably not going to play. You know, he has Cameron Brate, Perryman, Scotty Miller. Th- those are the guys Brady has to throw to against a very good Packers defense. I think what we saw against the Vikings a few weeks ago when they let Justin Jefferson just run all over him, that was the anomaly on the season. How we saw them shut down the Bears, even though the Bears don't have a good offense, that is the defense we're going to see from the Packers. I think the Packers, especially their secondary, with Jari Alexander, and they have a great pass rush now that they have the rookie, too, Quay Walker, to help Rashad Gary's in there. This, this to me, I I just... I'm all over the Packers on this one. I don't have much else to say. I think the Packers are a better overall team. I think the Bucks are way too injured right now. Even if they weren't injured on offense, I still think they don't have the depth that to combat the the Packers, even though Aaron Rodgers is still looking for that number one guy. What are you looking at, Robert?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, if we compare the two and you look at Tampa, I mean, the first two games, their defense has just been lights out. Of yep. Surrendering under a touchdown, a game on defense, you know, through the first two games last year, it was 27 points, you know, so the point of emphasis, I think is, you know, the more of the takeaways that they've added, they already had six of those this year. Uh, okay. Yes. Who have they faced, right? I, I totally get it. Body of work. And so now in the next two weeks, they're going to have to face Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so it, it's, it's going to get very, very difficult uh, very quickly uh, as in this weekend. So you know, with with Green Bay, I think the real shining light. I mean, let's just throw out Week One because I just don't yeah. think they're ready at all for for the game, and that just that just showed in Week Number Two. Um, but their special teams, Packers special teams, haven't really been awful, uh, you know. And, and so add that along with an offense that probably could come in and you know start to make some moves. Tampa, like you said. I don't know who they're going to throw to It's just going to be a running game all day. I I don't know if that's going to end up working. Uh, So, you know, catching one green Bay on the road, probably does make more of a sense than laying one.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on there again. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I hate to say it feels so good to be true. And I love betting against Tom Brady, but you know, what are we looking at Robert are more, are there, is there more of a lean toward green Bay over Tampa Bay? What are you, what are you getting at Baldini's?
1: All ah, right, right. Exactly. So if we just take a look at the ticket breakdown right now, uh, <laughs> it's uh, pretty much 80, yeah, 70. It's called 75 percent of all tickets written are on Tampa Bay right now.
0: Uh, oh, a bit,
1: yeah. A little bit more money on the over.
0: Interesting.
1: And then if you go to the money line, we're getting more money on the money line. So clearly they're saying Packers, if they're going to win, just take them on the money line. I don't want to mess around with the points. It's basically how it's breaking down. So more money and tickets on Green Bay money line, and then uh, more on the spread for Tampa.
0: Interesting. So that makes my pick for the Packers. I'm a little more confident about. it. Sounds like the sharp money is going toward Green Bay. I'm surprised on the over on this one. This is one that I would look to the under because again, two shutdown defenses. You're dealing with offenses that once were were dynamic, once were you know firepowers. And now they're a little bit weekend based on either injury with Tampa Bay and suspension or with the Packers. They lost Devontae Adams. So I'm a little bit surprised on the over there. I would lead under. What about you for the total, Robert?
1: Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. Uh with no one to throw to, this one just screams run, run, run. And with Tampa's defense being as good as it has been, sure, they're about to be tested by Aaron Rodgers and company. I still do think that it doesn't crack 40.
0: Yeah, and I think we saw a little bit last week in the Bears game. They really utilized Aaron Jones a lot as a receiver, more than they, more so than they did in Week One. And that's how I thought entering the season they were going to employ Aaron Jones a lot more was take him a little away for, from the usual running running back situation and putting in in the receiver more. He's not going to be their number one receiver. He's still a natural running back, but I think that is a key weapon. That not that the Bucks don't necessarily have. They do have Leonard Fournette, who's great at catching, who's great at running, but they don't have that backup guy that like that the Packers do with AJ Dillon, that could step into that full time running back row while Aaron Rodgers, I mean Aaron Jones goes out and catches passes. So do you think that's more of an X factor for the Packers, Robert? Yeah,
1: if we're adding them all up, you're absolutely right. Sure, you know if you look at the injury report, it's going to go ahead and scream. Uh, you know, issues on the line for Green Bay. Bakhtari, again, is going to be questionable. He's, he's got a knee injury. But at the very end, you're absolutely right. Um, lack of depth uh, at wide receiver. Lack of depth at um, at running back. Of course, they, they're going to be without Ken John Barter pretty much for the season. Uh, it, it's going to have to be four net or bust is the really the way that I'm, I'm seeing this whole entire game play itself out for Tampa.
0: Yeah, I I don't see any other weapons Tampa can utilize unless somehow they get Antonio Brown to just make to do a mea culpa and sign on the team last minute. Yeah, sure, but uh, that would be that would be so, I, that would make that the marquee game of the week to watch just for that those mm-hmm. antics. But that isn't going to happen. So we both agree again: Packers, Bucks. We like Packers, the slight underdogs. I would take them with the upset as well. So let's move on to what I think is just going to be one of the best games of the weekend. And that's the bills and the dolphins. We saw the bills. It's, it, it, it just perplexes me that I would actually consider taking the Tennessee Titans plus 10. And then I just saw how the bills just came out and totally thrashed them. I thought Tennessee would actually come out and play and they didn't, they got totally annihilated 41 to seven. We actually saw Malik Willis appearance because Ryan Tannehill was just that awful. So we have the Bills who I don't think anyone can argue there's a bet- There's not a better team in the league than the Bills right now. And now they go up against Miami, who we just saw Miami explode for 42 points against the Baltimore Ravens Tua attack. had the game of his life. They have the two dynamic wide receivers now with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. This is an interesting one for me, Robert, but I want you to go ahead and give the listeners the lines that we got first. Yeah, this
1: this one, uh, clearly for me, is this is my game of the week. I, I think there's going to be a, as much of an interest in this one as as any, not only in terms of uh, those looking to just, you know, purchase tickets on either side, but, uh, you know, for futures as well. So we're going to take a look right now Sunday. We opened up Buffalo as a five-point favorite. Uh, had some pushback, so it brought Miami back down to four. Then it immediately jumped up to five and a half, and here we are with the number as we speak. Buffalo minus six and a half, six and a half. And our total is uh, 52 and a half. There is a 53 already.
0: So this is one where as much as I would hate to lay that big of a points, I'm going to do it. I think Robert Buffalo is that good. And I alluded to it the other day when we were doing the podcast before the bills even played the Titans. I said they were going to look ahead to Miami. They want to beat Miami. They've been hearing all week how Miami's going to give them a run for their money. They're going to challenge them for the division title. I really think the Bills do go down to Miami and just totally destroy them. I-, I think that Miami has yet to play a defense as just shut down as the Bills. The Bills probably have the best defense in the NFL as well. No question about that. We saw what they did to the Rams. We saw what they did to the Titans, which even though that's not saying much, It's still, it was still a team that was the AFC number one seed last year. So for me, I know it's high. I know it's not the popular opinion, but I love going against the popular opinion. I'm laying the points with the bills. I think Miami comes back to earth this week. I think Tua struggles against, against the bills, pass rush Ravens. Again, they had totally a decimated defense. They had a lot of injuries, a lot of key players like Kyler Fuller was out. What do you think about this game, Robert?
1: Yeah, Hallie, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, look, hey, first off, uh, congratulations, South Florida. It's a new day for you. Uh, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a league-leading passing attack, uh, and and it's just the way it is with, Hale and Waddle. You know, there, I I, I can't see them both pairing up for 2,000 plus receiving yards as long as they stay healthy. Uh, but this is not the week that it's going to happen. Um, Buffalo's just winning games and just dominating blowout fashion alley and their, their combined point differential, you know, 77, 72, I'm seeing to 17, the differential of 55, that's, that's leading the NFL defense is tied for the league, lead in turnovers and Josh Allen just gets better and better, you know, four consecutive games with at least an 85 total QBR, including the playoffs and they just keep improving. So uh, until they lose, I am going to be picking Buffalo. So that's, you could put that down right now. It's a template answer for me template. It's, and if I find them winning, I find them covering as well. So Buffalo covers the six and a half for me.
0: Yeah, that's great strategy. I actually use that strategy when Pat Mahomes, his first year starting full-time with the chiefs, I think I bet the chiefs to cover until they finally did it. And then I still right. kept doing it. Right. Uh, th- this is a team that, I I get it. Miami is an upcoming team. They're better than I thought they were, but don't, this is why you have to analyze literally everything you could think of when you're placing a bet. Again, Miami played a Baltimore Ravens defense that was missing very, very many starters. So you can, you know, give, still give Miami credit where it's due, but there were a lot of factors in that game that Buffalo is not going to just lay down. Buffalo is pretty healthy. They are still missing their top, Guy in the secondary, white, but he should be back in the next few weeks. And again, the showing they put on in L.A., that was basically, Robert, their stamp and to the entire world. We are the team to beat. We just annihilated the defending Super Bowl champs in prime time on the same turf. They won the Lomb- they got they hoisted the Lombardi trophy a few months back. We're the team to beat. They're going to go to Miami this week. And it's going to be the same, no prisoner approach. So I love the bills in this one. I know you love the bills, but what are we looking at at Baldini's is the public siding with Miami or Buffalo on this one?
1: That's a great, great point here. And as we break that down, uh, the vast majority of dollars are being bet on the bills.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the ticket
1: count is split, you know, while well, it's, it's 50, 50, but, uh, the, the sharp bunny is all, all on Buffalo right now. And, uh, The total, you know, settled as it was at 52 and a half. There are a couple other places that started off that number uh, a bit lower, actually 49. So that immediately got boosted up to where it is right now. As I said, there's a couple of 53s out there. So um, super sharp money's always going to end up being on the early, early plays. Uh, And when we had Buffalo lower, that's when it all came in. So um, sharp money on Buffalo, even though the ticket count is split 50-50, alley
0: You know, I would actually lead under on that game. I really would. I know that Buffalo can put up points as well, but don't forget Buffalo's defense is good. And they're going to make two and make some mistakes. So even though Miami has a good team, even though they're probably one of the top offenses in the league, I'm actually going to lean on the under on this one. I know the over is probably going to be the popular one, but I think the, I, I really do, Robert. I think the Bills just shut them down. What are you leaning? I love it.
1: It's a nice inverse correlated parlay for you. You're taking the favorite but going under. Pretty <laughs> much. That's um, that's spicy is what I like to say about that. <laughs> uh, for the total, look, um, it's going to be a pass for me because I just think that Buffalo is going to be able to run up and down the field. I, I don't see them pumping the ball many, many times and Heck, uh, I, I could even see them inducing, like you said, because if they're going to just, uh, you know, sling the ball, you know, as much as humanly possible in Miami, that might end up leading to not only an interception but a pick six. So uh, that total is going to be close. It was really darn close, um, you know, last week with with a total being uh, at a similar number. So I would, I probably think that it would be. And you see if it's 50, uh, but it's not, it's, it's not 54. It's 52 and, a half. and yep. That's right. It's a perfect number. I, I pass on this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I won't personally put any money on it, but if I'm going to lean, I'm going to go under on this one. It's one of those things that could go again. I know every bet could go either way, but this could really go either way. So Robert and I are both on the bills for this one. So, so far we agree three out of the four. So let's move on to two other teams that probably aren't as exciting But I still think this is going to be an interesting game. That's why I wanted to highlight it. And that's we're looking at the Chiefs and the Colts. We were talking the other day how the Colts are probably the most disappointing team in the league. They're 0-1-1. Matt Ryan came in. He was supposed to be their saving grace that would lead them to the promised land, the Super Bowl. He has looked every bit of his age, plus probably 10 years in his first two games. He will be getting some reinforcements back this week. I believe Michael Pittman's coming back. The Chiefs basically just picked up w- w- where they left off. Tyree who they're back. they just been so explosive the first two games. Crushed Arizona. Won pretty good against against L.A. on Thursday night football. What are we looking at for the odds on this one, Robert?
1: Um, even though we opened up Kansas City as a huge, huge road favorite in Indianapolis at minus seven, uh, it hasn't really budged much. We did all end up moving back down to six and a half. And that's where it's sitting right now with a total of 50, Alley.
0: So this is one where I feel everyone's jumping on Kansas City. Kansas City is one of the best teams in the league. The Colts have looked pretty much just like trash the first two weeks. They tied Houston, who's one of the worst teams in the league. They got shut out by Jacksonville. This, to me, is where the Colts bounce back. Not saying they win, but I think they make it close and cover. I think Matt Ryan, like I said, he's going to probably get Michael Pittman back. He's going to get a few more guys back on defense to help. I really think the Colts do make a game out of this. Again, I'm not saying it's going to be an upset. I don't think it's going to be an upset either, but I think the Colts will hang in there. I think they will keep it close at home. I'm going to side with the Colts plus six and a half on this one. How about you, Robert? Their
1: their lack of takeaways is what's turning this franchise into absolute sadness, Ali. I mean, I know that they haven't had, you know, Leonard, who's, you know, the turnover-causing machine. He's right. been for the first two weeks, and that's a huge factor. But, you know, they they have no pass rush. It's not creating any rush decisions from the quarterbacks. I mean, they, they had Lawrence look like, you know, it was his greatest pro game of his life. You can kind of argue that. And so now I'm thinking, all right, so if we have uh, – all right, so if we take a look at Kansas City, we probably think on the road they could put up – Twenty. How about twenty-seven points?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you need twenty-one points from the Colts after they just got shut out by Jacksonville. Could it happen? Yes.
0: Yep.
1: Is it probable in my eyes? No. Now, you know things can happen. You know the Kansas City could completely, you know, you know, revert on the road, but. I think that with Pittman back, I still don't think that they can crack 30. Uh, and if they can't crack 30, they don't stand a chance to win. Now, can they crack 20? E- even that would be an ask for me. So the six and a half, again, this is similar to the last game, Alley, with Buffalo. I think Kansas City, if they win this one, uh, they'll cover the spread in my eyes here. So I would lean towards uh, laying six and a half of the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, this is just one for me. It's just too good to be true. I just feel like the Chiefs, even though they did have extra rest, they haven't played since last Thursday night, so they get the 10 days off. They're going to Indianapolis. They're playing in a dome, so there's not going to be any kind of weather factor. I feel that what we're going to see with the Colts this week is a total new game plan. Like I said, Matt Ryan looked old, and he really had no one to throw to, so I'm not going to totally just keep nothing but criticism on him. But Jonathan Taylor disappeared that game. I think he only had nine rushes, nine carries or 10 carries, something like that. This is a guy that was an MVP candidate, and he was just not involved in the game at all last week. I think this week is just going to be give Jonathan Taylor the ball, run first. We're just going to keep running him into the ground. The game's going to get stretched out if they keep it on the ground. And somehow they're going to find a way to stay within that six and a half points. If Taylor can be explosive and the Chiefs don't have a great run defense, they are a decent defense, but they're not, they don't have too great of a run defense. I think that if Taylor can get back to his MVP type form and have one of those 150 yard gains, really just run the clock out, keep the possession arrow with, with the Colts, they'll at least remain within striking distance and a chance to come back. And you might have that last, you know, backdoor go- cover the last two minutes of the game. They're down by 13 or something, and they score a touchdown to, to cover the spread. That is what I'm looking for. So I'm going to lean on Taylor coming back, Taylor having a big game against the Chiefs this weekend and covering for that. What do you think about my my, my theory?
1: It's a great take, Allie. It's, and it's going to, you know, run against what we're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs run defense last year. They were, you know, allowing almost five yards per carry. This year, it's improved. So their run defense is allowing 3.9 yards per rushing attempt. Uh, And I guess we could point uh, our fingers at Bolton and Gay, who have been really, really great as full-time linebackers now. Uh, They look faster, uh, I want to say. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is number one in everyone's hearts at running back. Um, That's one thing that I would really love to watch more than anything in this matchup. Not so much the quarterbacks. I want to see if Taylor can manage to uh, burst through holes, you know, picking up seven, eight yards a carry against a Kansas City Chiefs run defense that's gotten them better.
0: Yeah, and they are improved, so I I won't just say that that they're as bad as they were last season. But don't forget, I think week one they played without a, a James Connor. I think he he forget, yes. yeah, he yes. was he wasn't playing for Arizona week one, so that's not really a big showing. I forget who the Cardinals backup was, but it wasn't as nowhere near James Connor's level. And then last weekend playing the Chargers. Yeah, they had Austin Eckler, but the Chargers really aren't just known for running the ball. They, and they'll, they're going to air it out a million times a game. So and Austin Eckler, they use him a lot for screens. So I'm not going to use that as a big judge. I think Taylor's going to be their toughest. Well, he is going to be the toughest running back that they have played all year. I don't know if they're ready for him. I think Taylor has a huge game. So all you fantasy owners that were throwing your whatever at the TV last uh-huh. week, last week I think start him in every league that you have. I think he's going to be the number one running back this week in fantasy. I really think he's going to have a huge game and he's going to keep Indy in the game. So now that I'm on Jonathan Taylor train, let's move off to the last game. I do want to highlight before we get into our rapid fire round. And of course I am being biased, but it is the Monday night game. So technically it is a marquee game and that's the Cowboys and the Giants. What are we looking at for the odds, Robert?
1: Yeah, this one's another one that had a violent uh, line swing. We opened up the Giants as a three point favorite that didn't take long to get bet down to two and a half to two, and now to our current line of New York Giants, one in the total 39 and a half, Allie.
0: I love this line. I love the line slide because everyone was reacting to the Cowboys defeating the Bengals, and the Cowboys really had no business winning that game. The Cowboys aren't a good team. The Bengals had a poor showing again. They had a poor showing against the Steelers. They had another poor showing against the Cowboys. I'm not putting so much weight on their defeat of the Bengals. I think we saw Cooper Rush in probably what is going to be his best game the entire time he fills in for Dak. Now that he has to go up against a Giants defense who just does not, Robert, the Giants defense just does not get the credit they deserve. This is a good defense. Wink Martindale. I don't know what he's done, even with second stringers, but he has made the Giants a shutdown defense, and this kind of dates back to last year, even before Martindale was there. They were a good defensive team, and now I believe you're getting Kayvon Thibodeau back this weekend to help with the pass rush. They are going to blitz the heck out of Cooper Rush, and I don't think he's going to know what hits him. Now, all Daniel Jones has to do on offense is, like I said, don't turn over the ball. Don't make tough breaks. I think Saquon is going to have a really good game. He didn't have a good game against the Panthers. I think he's going to bounce back and have a similar type of game that he had to the Titans this week. I love the Giants in this, and I know uh, part of it is biased, but I really believe strongly that they win this game. How about you, Robert?
1: I I can't help it, but uh, I I, I need to break this up a little. Every time anyone mentions Wink Martindale, I just think of Tic-Tac-Doe. And I know this goes (laughs) way, way back, and I probably just dated myself, but I just keep seeing this game show host holding up that corny-ass microphone, and uh, that's pretty much it. So, yay me, I guess.
0: I know exactly what you're talking about, because I used to watch Game Show Network when I was kid all the time, my grandmother. So I know exactly who you're talking about. All
1: right, all right, all right.
0: I I shouldn't have done the grandmother part. (laughs) So, all right,
1: look, Cowboys... Their defense is kind of good. Um, they are. They're they're real. Like they've right now, as as I'm looking at it, um, you know, th- their second year jump of their defense under Dan Quinn is definitely real. They did slow down Brady. They slow down Burrow in the first two games, you know, and and I think that's what they're gonna really need without Dak Prescott for you know a, a while. So, you know, does it set up even? Worse for them against the Giants, probably not. I had to look up who Richie James was last week. Uh, I didn't know that he was a seventh-round pick years ago, and now he's our leading receiver. Hour, I just said that. There's a, lead. Uh, but look, I, I don't think that's going to last. I think that they're going to spread the ball out a lot more. I still think Kadarius uh, Tony is going to be playing a bigger role, um, and it's obviously going to you know be spread out a lot more. I just think that this this definitely leans towards a, a New York Giants victory um I, I don't think that uh as you said Cooper rush is you know as good as we saw you know you know putting up the 20 points at the very end against the Bengals and I don't think it's going to be uh that easy on the defense uh for Cincinnati as it was uh, you know rather for Dallas against Cincinnati as they're about to play on Monday night so My lean here is New York Giants going to 3-0.
0: I thought more about this, and I was talking with a friend who said, well, look, Joe Burrow got sacked six times against Cowboys. How many times do you think Daniel Jones is going to get sacked? I said, you know what? This is where the Giants' strategy last week, go watch the Panthers game. This is where it's going to play into their favor. You're right, Robert. They do spread the ball out a lot more than Joe Burrow does, but the difference is, while Joe Burrow is looking to just toss it down the field to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the Giants employ a very conservative approach to their offense. They, do, they dump it off four or five yards, six yards. They're going to get rid of the ball very quickly before Micah Parsons can get to Daniel Jones. And I think that strategy is going to work for them this week. It was very frustrating last week against the Panthers to watch it, but in a sense, it did work at times when it needed to. I actually think it's really going to work this week For the Giants because like you said they're going to throw it off to Sterling Shepard Richie James I think they're going to use Kenny Galladay finally this week a little more maybe they'll use him to run routes downfield and dump off these short passes Richie James came out of nowhere and is suddenly making catches even their tight end Bellinger he had their touchdown I think they're going to use him a lot more I really think that they're going to have a game plan that's just going to again make these meticulously long drives they're going to just dump off these short passes. Saquon's going to be a big factor. And they're just going to make Dallas' defense work. And you're going to see not too many three and outs just because they are going to get a first down and keep going. And it's going to be kind of like the San Francisco 49ers when they would run 14, 15-yard plays just before they score. I think that's going to be the Giants' approach. And I think the it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Stick with the under. But I think the Giants are actually going to outsmart the Cowboys here. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you as well. And right, you, you made a good point on the on the total. Uh, there are you know we have we're at 39 and a half. There are some 39s, and uh, if, if these games end up closing under 40 for a for a total, chances are it's probably going to go under. Uh, it, it's just a, a small little lean on this game, and I think that honestly, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it's it's going to be more run then pass and I don't think that uh, you know Cooper Rush is going to be able to stretch the field at all so uh, I'll lean towards the under alley I would agree with you there um, it's going to be a fun Monday night watching our home New York Giants
0: oh, I'm so ready for it I got my daughter's New York Giants cheerleading outfit we're going to be out at the bar by me there's going to be plenty of Cowboys and Giants fans there's a really good uh, crew out here even though we're in Los Angeles because both our fans travel so I'm very excited for this game. I don't don't even remember, and I don't even want to know, the last time we defeated the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm looking forward to slicing some victory pie on Monday night. So bank that one in. But we are running out of time. We have about 20 minutes left, so let's get into our rapid-fire round. And we will start with Thursday night's game, which features the Steelers and the Browns. Many remember the last time, I believe, these two teams faced each other on a Thursday night. Mason Rudolph got a mouthful of his own helmet. Thanks to miles Garrett. We're not going to see that tonight or tomorrow night because Mitch Trubisky will be in as quarterback. And even if he goes down, I think we'll see Kenny Pickett. But these are two teams that despise each other, even though they might not have the same marquee names, Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Baker Mayfield has moved on. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds for tomorrow night's game?
1: Yeah, we've got the Cleveland Browns as a four and a half point favorite Thursday night. The total set to thirty nine. There are even some thirty eights, which again is kind of making sense. Um, you know, even though the Browns, you know, started to turn this into a habit with their fourth quarter defensive collapses, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. I mean, where where we really are ticking that clock to seeing Kenny Pickett, aren't we?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I think we saw what we're going to see from Mitch Trubisky last week against the Patriots. This is one of the instances, Robert, where I am happy that the, Giants, that the Jets came back and beat the Browns last week because we are getting tons of value now with the Browns. That was a fluke comeback. Don't let that fool you. The Browns have one of the best defenses in the, in the AFC. Miles Garrett, the rest of that front se- seven, is a beast. They are going to embarrass Mitch Trubisky on Thursday night football. I honestly think Mitch Trubisky is going to get benched tomorrow night at some point in the game. I think that the number's right. I know I had a friend say, man, the Browns are four and a half favorites against a Steelers team. Yeah, they are. They're much better. Don't take the whole Jacoby Brissett quarterback situation into that much consideration. Nick Chubb is going to run all over the Steelers defense. They still don't have TJ Watts, so the pass rush isn't as explosive as the, it usually would be if he was at full strength. So I think this one is a, the Browns for me. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a no-brainer, but I, I, I'm i really leaning heavy on the Browns. How about you, Robert?
1: The point, you know, to be uh, natural to want to go against them after seeing them just epically collapse, uh, you know, and, you know, grab a, go, grab a nice loss out of the mouth of victory. But, you know, this one to me is uh, – If there was a lean, it would be on the under alley. And I I would look towards under the 39 points uh, more than any other side. I just think that there's going to be some struggling early on and that there's not going to be a lot that's going to be able to unfold for Pittsburgh. So uh, the under to me looks more uh, appetizing than a side.
0: Yeah, I would side with the under too. I actually, that's my Thursday night football strategy. I always bet the under the teams have to play in a short week. They might come out a little bit lethargic, not ready yet. I always take the under on Thursday night football. There's very few instances I won't. I'm I'm under better for Thursday night football. So let's move on to the next game. And we got the Ravens versus the Patriots. The Ravens, as we know, just collapsed. The Patriots have gone to probably one of the most boring teams with Tom Brady to just one of the most boring teams in the league without Tom Brady. (laughs) uh, I think that's the best way to sum up the Patriots right now. But what are we looking at for their odds right here, Robert?
1: Now the Ravens are now set at as, as a three point favorite in New England. Total is set to forty three and a half.
0: So, I at first when I saw this, I was quick to jump on the Ravens, thinking we're going to get good value because the Ravens did lose. The Patriots won this past weekend. The Ravens, they are. I know they're they're on the road, but then I just couldn't take myself to take the Ravens. I was staring at the spread. I'm like, something's just not right about that. I feel like too many people are going to be jumping over the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's obviously a thousand times better than Mac Jones. But if there's one thing that Bill Belichick does well, is he plays, he knows how to shut down running quarterbacks. And he's done this to Lamar Jackson several times in the the few times they've encountered each other over the years. Most notably, I believe, in a playoff game not too long ago. I am going to take the Patriots with the points on this one. I think it actually will be more of a low scoring game than people think, even though the Ravens do have an explosive offense. I think that Bill Belichick will find a way to get his team up and ready to keep the, keep it intact. Mac Jones, he is going against a much weakened Baltimore defense. I mentioned that earlier when we were talking about Miami. So I really like the Patriots to cover in this one. How about you, Robert? So, you know,
1: I, look, it's probably highly impressed because of what happened against Miami. You know, the Ravens are now staring at have, you know, their NFL's worst pass defense by far. Uh, and I don't think that that's going to continue. I, I mean, there's this obviously a lot of growing pains with their rookie defensive backs. Uh, you know, I, but I think it's going to get healthier. And I think it's going to get healthier this weekend at Foxborough. I don't know that. Right now, the Patriots are getting anything creative. They're not passing really at all to any of their tight ends. Right, uh, and I'm hoping that that's going to change. But I don't think that's going to happen here. And and much like I've said throughout this episode, I think if you win, you cover. Uh, I think uh, Baltimore will in fact be three points better here in New England, alley.
0: All right. Well, we got another disagreement. I really like the Patriots. I'll keep you know I'm going to stay on their their bandwagon. They are in Foxborough. I think they'll play a little better. In Foxborough. I believe this is their first home game. So I think that they'll be happy to be home playing in front of their home crowd. So let's move on to the next one, which I think is just gonna be a lot of points on the board, but I'll let you say the lines first. And that's the Lions and the Vikings. What are we looking at for their odds, Robert?
1: The Vikings opened up as a seven point favorite, and that immediately started to get pegged all the way down to six and a half. And now where we're currently at at six, and the total is fifty-three.
0: I know, and I don't want to make a knee jerk reaction because the Vikings did get blown out on Monday Night Football, and I I was kicking myself again that I fell into oh Kirk Cousins could actually have a good game in prime time, which he didn't. He was terrible. He lost the game pretty much for them with those two interceptions in the end zone. But anyway, that's for another day. I I'm gonna I just I have to side with the Lions on this one. I've been with on the Lions all season. You heard me in the preseason talk about how I think they're one of the better underrated teams. Their offense, no doubt, is one of the most explosive offenses in the entire league. Defense is another is another question mark. But I do think that the Lions could hang in this game. Vikings still have to play on a short week. The Vikings, I think, will win at home. But they their defense isn't great. They're going to allow a lot of points. We just saw they basically left A.J. Brown and Deontay Smith, Devontae Smith open the entire night when they played the Eagles the other night. So... I don't think Minnesota's defense is going to improve much from now to then. I'm on the Lions on this one. How about you, Robert? This one's
1: easy, and it's one of my favorite actual selections if I ever did make one. Lions came within just a couple of points of beating Philadelphia on the road. Mm -hmm. What happened last night? Well, not last night, Monday night. Philly just had their way and just completely took apart the Minnesota Vikings. Now you're telling me the Vikings are six points better than the Lions? No, that's wrong. I, I don't think that that's a, a good number. If you can't score 35 points against the Lions, you're probably going to lose. Uh, and I don't think the Vikings are going to do that at home. Um, what's happening with Adam Phelan? Why Why is, Why is? have they completely forgotten about him as a receiver in the first two games? Is another big question, Mark. Uh, I'll take the plus six here, Allie.
0: All right. We both agree on that one. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's an upset. I really wouldn't. That's how that's how much I like the Lions this week. I think they have tons of confidence. I think the Vikings are back to questioning if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback for them. <laughs> so I'm all on the Lions. Let's move on to the Raiders and the Titans. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds? The
1: Raiders are now a two-point favorite in Tennessee, and the total is 45 and a half.
0: So I'm actually going to lean Tennessee right here. I know that I talked Tennessee up on Monday night and they were just terrible against the bills, but I do like teams coming off of embarrassing losses. I don't, I think that even, even though it was a blowout, Malik Willis came in the game. I think that might light some kind of fire under Ryan Tannehill. He's competing for his job at this point. I know there's going to be calls for Malik Willis. If the Titans don't do anything, if they find themselves losing to the Raiders, I think Derrick Henry runs all over the Raiders defense he had a terrible showing in, in Tennessee. He really didn't, or in, in Buffalo, he really didn't do anything against New York giants. I think this is Derek Henry's coming out party. I think the Titans win. What about you?
1: I do think the Titans win as well, Allie. I'm sorry. I can't, I keep thinking, okay, I've got my picks right here. They're written down. I just have no idea who Allie picked and we're you know, kind of side. <laughs> I think alike. <laughs> Tennessee, they've shown some really porous run defense, but again, remember, that's what happens when you face Saquon Barkley in an opening game and he just completely ran wild against them. I th- That's a mirage. I think that'll fix itself in a real hurry. Not only that, the Raiders have – are they going to sack anyone this year? There's, there's right. like no, no pass rush, and it's really, really concerning to me. Uh, they seem to get flatter as the game wears on. Uh, I think this one leans up really well for a very desperate Tennessee Titans team to cover and win outright.
0: Yeah, I think they're regretting not having Carl Nassib but right in their pass rush. But, you know, that's another story. We both are on the tight ends. Let's move on to an interesting one because I feel like everyone's going one way and I'm going the other. But that's the Saints and the Panthers, Robert. What do we got for odds here?
1: The New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, of course, after the game that they just played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we kind of bounced this number back and forth until we finally settled on three. And the Saints are wh- exactly where they're at right now. It's a three-point favorite, the total 40-and-a-half in Carolina.
0: So I'm going to back the Carolina Panthers. I know everyone is still giving me heat because I was so on them before the season started. I was a huge Baker fan. I really liked them week one, though I decided to win my Giants last week. I think that coming back home to Carolina – Robert, they this team has to make all the adjustments in the world. They finally started getting Christian McCaffrey the ball last week, even though he didn't do much against the Giants besides one long run. I think against the Saints, they do a lot better. The Saints, I believe, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Mar- Lattimore is playing this game, right? He didn't get suspended.
1: I will oh check God, that man. as we go.
0: Yeah, so anyway, even if he's playing, Lattimore is probably going to cover DJ more. I think Baker has a much better game. I think the Saints are going through whether Winston's going to be the starter or if there's going to be calls for Andy Dalton to come in. Winston's going to make mistakes. Carolina still has a good defense. We saw Winston struggle against the Tampa Bay defense last week. I think that the Saints, the, I think that the Saints, what we saw for the Saints, and I never was high on the Saints to start the year, but I think what we saw in the first three quarters against Atlanta is more or less what we're going to see from the Saints this year, and somehow they just were able to come back against a really bad team I like the Panthers in this one. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. I think there's going to be a lot of low-scoring games this week. But I'm going to lean with Carolina on this one. How about you? Yeah,
1: as as we said, Latimore, as I checked, is definitely not suspended for this game. He will be playing. My concern with Carolina right now is they're they're really struggling to convert on third down. And you shouldn't be in that position with a marquee running back. Right. having Christian McCaffrey. So I don't think it's his fault. It goes back to what we were looking at after week one, their offensive line is just getting really no time at all to do anything. And, you know, their conversion rate on third down is really, really bad. And so when you have that, you've got a ton of three and outs, and now you're leaving a very good defense, you know, as good as Carolina could put together, you know, out on the field that much longer. Now, how is that going to convert and, and play against New Orleans uh, as a host? Well, I I would probably think that, you know, with the point spread being this close, could it be a field goal game? Yeah, it could be. My my biggest concern for the Saints is, you know, their lack of defensive sacks. Mm -hmm. They've only got one sack through two games, which is, you know, tied for 29th in the league compared to four at this time last year. Uh, You know, they they eventually finished eighth last season with 46 sacks. And this group's kind of largely the same personnel-wise. So while it's concerning, I, I don't think that they're really too worried about it i'm pretty sure that they're, they're thinking the sacks are going to come probably thinking it's going to come this week um catching three at home uh carolina if you don't do it here um you're not going to do it at all so i i take the points here as well
0: if carolina doesn't cover this week i'm not i'm not betting them the rest of the season <laughs> so they you better them. <laughs> there you go all right let's move on Bengals and jets robert what do we got for odds
1: Cincinnati 5 points better than the New York Jets in the total 45.
0: I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I think the Bengals blow out the Jets. I think the Bengals they they're hearing it all week how bad they are, how they really weren't a Super Bowl team last year. The Jets they had their Cinderella story, quote-unquote Super Bowl win and that comeback against against the Browns last week. Joe Flacco's going going to go back to his old man years. He had his highlight in his in his pastime, if you want to say. I'm on the Bengals. How about you?
1: Yes, as a five-point favorite, I could be shocked, completely shocked, if they end up losing this game. Uh, it's one of those where I think that this one actually I think they could win without covering. Uh, but, boy, oh, boy, uh, go ahead and take a look at those first half bets. The Bengals just can't score a thing in the first half, and they seem to just get – Outplayed like they're not ready in any of these games in the first half, and this goes back to last year. That's a problem. Uh, Jets, yeah, that was a quite the comeback you had there, guys. Uh, not going to get the win this week though.
0: All right, let's move on to Eagles, who many are now picking as favorites in the NFC to reach the Super Bowl against the Commanders. Robert, what are we looking at for odds?
1: Norris climbing, climbing, climbing. We opened this one up as four and a half Eagles up to five and a half, all the way up to six and a half already total set to 47 and a half in Washington, Ellie.
0: Yeah, I'm going the other way. I'm backing Washington on this one. I I just think this is a division game. The commanders, you know, they're they're who Washington's always been as inconsistent as ever. But don't forget, the Eagles are playing on a short week. They are going to go into Washington. It is still a division game. I still think the Eagles win, but the commanders, I think, will find some way to have a backdoor cover. One thing about Washington is they don't give up. They'll play to the end. I'm going to side with commanders in the points. How about
1: you? Yeah, very good point. Uh, that's there's that quite a number of points at home for a team that's one and one. You know, uh, Curtis Samuel's really, really been effective, and he's yep. you know, been doing so because of Terry McLaurin basically getting doubled most of the time. Super quick underneath, uh, his presence is definitely going to reduce the pressure on the offensive completely, and also help free up rookie uh, Jahan Dotson, who now has team-high three touchdown catches. Uh, so yeah, I like this. I like the points in this one too.
0: All right, let's move on to Jaguars and Chargers. What's the odds here?
1: Jacksonville Jaguars after their shutout win going to L.A. This one's got a little bit of a red mark because we still want to know the status of quarterback Justin Herbert. I think that he's going to play. With that being said, the Chargers are a seven-point favorite in a total 47.5.
0: I like the Chargers. I know Justin Herbert still might be questionable after that rib fracture. All indication is he's going to play. Trevor Lawrence had the game of his life against a decimated Indianapolis squad last week. He's not going to duplicate that. I think that the Jaguars come back to earth this game. We're going to see the Chargers just put up a ton of points on them. Austin Eckler, I believe Keenan Allen is going to be back. So that gives the Chargers even more weapons. I don't have much else to say. How about you, Robert?
1: Uh yeah, exactly. I think Jacksonville's definitely forcing a lot more turnovers this year than ever before. I do think that that's real. They forced six of them in two games. Maybe we get a little bit of pressure here on Herbert, who's gonna probably look to release the ball a lot faster than he did last week. Um I'm gonna take plus seven.
0: All right, here another disagreement. So I say the the probably the, if our listeners can't sense my sarcasm, I'm just going to say it out front. I'm being sarcastic. The two biggest games of the week, and that's number one, Falcons and Seahawks. Robert, what are the odds? Aye, I, yeah I, I,
1: Seattle, a two-point favorite. The total 42. Allie, uh, not much for me to say. I think the first team to 20 wins.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a game that's basically, you know – what's what what what's the worst decision you can make i'm gonna side with alana on this one i feel like they have shown fight in their first two games they almost upset the saints they really grounded out and they came back to almost beat the rams in impeccable fashion last week so i'm gonna i'm gonna side with Atlanta on this one how about you
1: yeah i, I take plus two here as well i think they went outright. um coach please don't have dj dallas throw any more balls
0: <laughs> that is very true So then the last one we have to highlight is Texans and Bears, Robert. What are the odds here?
1: Right. So the Houston Texans on the road in Chicago. Uh, Got Chicago starting to climb a little bit. uh, Started as a two-point favorite up to two and a half. The total 40 and a half.
0: I'll take Chicago on this one. Again, this is one of the ones where it's like flip a coin for me. I think Houston, if you actually look at their box score against Denver last week, they were just, I think Denver had twice as many yards as, as Houston did. I think Houston's really going to struggle to move the ball. Not saying that the Ch- Chicago Bears won't either, but David Montgomery, he had a really nice game against Green Bay. I think he'll be the X factor for them. Houston does not have a good run defense. So I think that the Bears will rely on using Justin Fields' legs. They'll rely on David Montgomery again, as you saw in the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to go with the Bears on this one.
1: Great, great point. And actually that's, that's goes for both of them. Chicago's run defense has been really, really bad as well. Uh, Problem is Houston doesn't really have much of a, of a ground attack. That's going to play against them. So that total uh, is probably looking a little bit more uh, tastier to go under than backing aside.
0: All right. So we both agree kind of on that. I will take the under as well before we head out, Robert. What do you have for people's best survivor pool picks this week? Oh my
1: god, this is such a difficult week. You're going to probably have to all lean in and take a look at all the great conditions that Justin Herbert's going to be in. It looks like it's going to be Chargers or bust.
0: Yeah, Chargers were one of my top ones. I think I'm going to side with the Chargers this week. I was since I did get a second chance at double M elimination. I took the Rams last week, which I was about to throw something <laughs> at the wall when that's they almost blew that game. That's... But I will side with the other L.A. team this week. I was thinking the Chargers. I also point out in my blog, I think that the Bengals might be safe this week to take over the Jets. And since we don't know what kind of Bengals team we're going to get this season, this might be the only secure, safe week to take them from now on. I think taking the Eagles over the Commanders, Even though I like the commanders to cover, I think the Eagles do win. That might be another one for you. Even though I like the Patriots to cover, I think the Ravens win. Ravens might be a a play if you want. So those are my picks right here. And you know what? If you want to take a chance, even though I love the the Lions a lot, Vikings, they could win at home. But I don't know if you want to be that secure and trust that team. So I'm with Robert. Go with the Chargers or go with the Bengals.
1: Yeah, Ali, you're absolutely right. I I think I should give it, at the very least, one of the uh, uh, sneaky under-the-radar picks. Uh, I would think the Cleveland Browns, who have almost no future value, this might be your best time to take them as well.
0: All right. Well, everyone, we thank you for joining. Hopefully, we gave you some good advice for both your survivor picks, for your bets. Hopefully, you guys have a winning week, and we will be back on Monday to recap it all. Any last thoughts, Robert? Oh,
1: no, take care, everyone. Make sure you get all the information you need before placing your wages. I know I keep repeating myself, but hey, it's only money.
0: Only money and money is everything sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, take care. (laughs)